The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. Custom software needs vary significantly, whether you're powering a medical device, overhauling your backend architecture, or reimagining your patient experience, MentorMate can help. Harnessing the technical excellence of Bulgaria, MentorMate provides end-to-end software services in all sectors of healthcare. With deep expertise in design, development, cloud, and software support, MentorMate helps healthcare clients administer world-class care through technology. Learn more at MentorMate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone out there in Medical Alley. Thank you for joining us today on the Medical Alley podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Oyen, Marketing Director at the Association. I am thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Ashley Kennedy, the founder and CEO of Neurovine, a company that is changing the way concussion patients recover using real-time data and machine learning to personalize the path to recovery. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kennedy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and take a deeper dive into the work you do. So why don't we start off with having you introduce yourself and, and Neurovine to our listeners? Yes, absolutely. So I am a neuroscientist. Uh, the, the brain is my first love. When I was quite young, my father was wrapping up his professional football career, and he had some close friends uh, actually take their lives. Um, we hypothesize it's related to repetitive head injuries. Um, and so that early experience really drove me to learn as much as I could about the brain. I was fortunate enough to run track at Stanford and built my first EEG headset as a freshman there and really was able to see what was going on in the brain for the first time. Um, And so that's really where my journey began. I have a PhD in exercise physiology and one in neuroscience. And uh, as a postdoctoral fellow working in clinic, I I really felt there was a gap uh, when, when someone was discharged from the hospital, uh, whether it was post-stroke or post-concussion, they would go home and really be on their own, trying to navigate their recovery by themselves. And, and that's when my co-founder, um, who's a physician, and I decided to, to try and fill that gap. And so really over the past three years, uh, what, you know, what started out as a small application has evolved into a platform solution. Um, it combines wearable technology, so EEG technology that can track brain activity, human movement, as well as heart rate variability. That data drives a gamified therapeutic intervention that's delivered to our patients. Uh, and there's a, a back-end clinical portal where physicians can track progress and make modifications. Um, so that's that's really you know a quick high level of, of the evolution of of our company and and why we began this work. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, concussions have certainly become a bigger conversation over the last few years, but obviously um, a long road ahead of us as we seek to identify and treat um, repetitive brain injury and trauma. So um, yeah, I I think that's incredible. And thank you for walking us through that. I want to pivot for a moment and talk about another really fascinating part of your work. Uh, AI is critical to the work you do with Neurovine. So I'd love to dive in there, but first AI can mean a lot of different things to people. So let's level set for our audience. How would you define AI, particularly when it comes to healthcare? Yeah. So generally when we think about artificial intelligence, our first thought goes to computers and machines that 
mimic human cognition. Um, so machines that can learn, think, and make decisions or take action. We've got a lot of applications like this that we use in our daily life, um, things that gather data, make decisions, and implement a solution. Um, so that's kind of the generic understanding of what AI is. Um, a good example is our, our digital voice assistants that we all use. My five-year-old can ask it, you know, in, in a language that is sort of understandable to me, uh, this five-year-old can ask our voice assistant what, you know, what sea creatures eat meat and, and this AI can go out, uh, scour the internet and bring back an answer um, that my child can understand. So that, I think that's a pretty uh, generic understanding of what AI is. In healthcare, it's a little bit different. So AI solutions in healthcare are safest and really most valuable when the, the solution is actually designed to enhance the worker. So this isn't an AI that stands alone. Uh, it's not an AI that you know goes out, finds the solution and implements it. It's, it's AI that works alongside the doctor or the physical therapist or uh, the, the, uh, the clinical technician, for example. And so there's a slightly different term for this. Um, we call it uh, intelligent augmentation or IA. And this is an important distinction. In fact, I would argue that using artificial intelligence without a human making the final decision in medicine will never really be fully adopted. Uh, we need that human decision maker at the end of the pathway to, to understand the decision that has been made and to actually implement it. So I, I think that's the biggest distinction in healthcare uh, is that we're working to develop intelligent augmentation rather than AI that will replace that human. Yes, that's helpful. I think a lot of people, there can be a fear sometimes that it is a, a all knowing and all influencing AI and that we're kind of giving over the reins to the computers, but, but uh, definitely not the case in healthcare. So I, you know, you, you'd had a Ted talk and, and within that Ted talk, you referred to AI as the fourth industrial revolution. So, um, and you'd kind of touched on it, but what do you see as the benefits and risks of the growing role AI plays in healthcare? Yeah. So I think, you know, we see ourselves as really intelligent consumers, um, but we're pretty demanding. <laughs> our generation mm -hmm. is pretty demanding. We're used to having things at our fingertips and we expect healthcare to be the same. And AI is enabling that in a good way. So implementing AI into healthcare really is allowing patients to be involved and almost in some aspects, control their healthcare, you know, monitor their needs in a more consistent way uh, with remote monitoring that's combined with AI. It, it can deliver alerts to the patient. Um, we're seeing the rise of virtual assistants and telehealth virtual medicine. Um, and all of this is really awesome. This is a really important benefit of integrating AI into our healthcare system. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. The thing that gets me most exciting though, uh, is the potential of AI to come into the healthcare system and start to level the economic playing field. So what I mean by that is actually bridging gaps between patients um, and healthcare resources in regions that typically have limited access to healthcare services. And I mean, we see this at home as well as abroad. Uh, so we've got in Canada, we've got a lot of big open rural spaces and it's mm -hmm. very difficult to see an expert, um, you know, especially in our area with, with brain health, uh, concussion recovery, those experts are clustered in city centers. And so if you are 
living in, you know, Northern Ontario, for example, it's difficult to see an expert. And so you end up not getting the support that you need, not recovering fully. And, uh, and the mental health implications are huge. Mm. Um, so if we can implement virtual care, AI-driven platforms, we can start to connect those individuals with the healthcare resources that they need. And then the implications abroad are, are massive as well and really exciting. So I think, you know, uh, those are probably the most exciting areas of AI in healthcare. And, and then another benefit is just to optimize our current healthcare practices. They're incredibly slow moving machines. Healthcare does not adapt quickly. Um, and so there's a lot of room for optimization sure. and we're seeing some augmented intelligence solutions coming in, improving and scaling clinical decision, making, making that process more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you're a strong advocate of ethics as it relates to AI. So, you know, how are you building your company and, and technology to align with your values? Yeah. So there are a huge number of benefits, but there are risks for sure. So an ethical collection of data and the, and the way that we develop biased algorithms can really have a negative impact on the AI that we're building. And so the World Health Organization uh, issued a report um, titled Ethics and Governance of Artificial Intelligence for Health. Mm-hmm. This was put together by a panel of experts appointed by the WHO. Um, and this is kind of the document that we look to internally at Neurovine and I think is being adopted a little bit more broadly. They outline really important aspects to consider for companies who are building AI and implementing AI. And, and we've, we've implemented that within our company as well. That's kind of a foundational principle for us, um, these, these six um, guiding principles. So the first is human autonomy, autonomy and data protection. So that the patients that are contributing to the data that drives our AI, their, their data needs to be protected and they need to be protected as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dig into that a little bit in my TED talk. Um, so when you're using wearables, when you're using some of these really exciting technologies that are coming out, really making sure that you understand data ownership, how your data is being used, making sure that the technology is protecting your identity. So that's key. Next is patient well-being and safety. Uh, and so uh, luckily the regulatory bodies are moving really quickly to catch up with the advancements in AI. That will be a continual game of cat and mouse. I think mm-hmm. there's changes happening and, you know, it feels like every month there's a new announcement that's, that's put out there uh, for AI companies. But um, essentially the hope here is that uh, AI systems have demonstrated efficacy. So the systems are tested rigorously with, patient populations. So right. things aren't just being put out there without being tested. Um, so the FDA and Health Canada are doing a great job uh, working with companies to continue to evolve their approval system. Um, and then internally making sure that you've got quality control measures that ensure that your data algorithms are, are being developed properly. And then transparency. So transparency means that the way your technology works needs to be really clear to both to the patient and to the clinician the clinician can't use a black box to diagnose somebody with a disease. They need to understand what variables are going in and what's being given to them as a decision. And so avoiding developing black boxes. And there there are three or four other ones that we've integrated into how we build our technology. A lot of them 
revolve around inclusivity. So sure. um, making sure that you don't uh, integrate biases into your algorithms when you're, when you're building technology. Um, and if you do, making sure you have a process in place where you can see those biases and, and rework the algorithms to address that. So that's been a huge challenge for us. You know, we build our algorithms based on the patients that we've got around us. And so the algorithms are continually changing as we move into different populations. So it's a, it's a constantly evolving project, but mm-hmm. at least having some guidance from the WHO and, and communities that are starting to really talk about ethics in healthcare is, it's great. It, the education is, is uh, keeping up with the technological advancement, I would say. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I don't, that's not always the case. A lot of times um, with different um, big topics, uh, sometimes scary topics. So that's, that's a wonderful thing to hear. And and I appreciate that insight. So speaking of, you know, the constantly evolving project that is your company, what's on the horizon (laughs) for Neurovine? Yeah. So we've built a software system that can support brain recovery. Um, We've got um, a really good technology we've developed for concussion patients, but the system translates really nicely to support recovery after different types of brain injuries. So for stroke recovery, we know that early aggressive gamified intervention has huge impact on uh, how much recovery can happen. And so, you know, that's an area that we're really excited about building into, as well as uh, looking at different types of brain disorders that are a little bit more chronic, how we can start getting those patients physically and cognitively active, getting them, you know, to make the most of the brain health that they do have. So yeah, we're excited about translating the system we've created into different patient populations. Yeah, that's incredibly exciting and, and lots of work ahead, I'm, I'm sure, but exciting and, and impactful work, no doubt. So yeah, thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience? Yeah. So I think this area of, um, of brain health is the final frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We are incredible at recording and measuring and treating every part of our body, except our brain. We're making some great strides with mental health, but the brain really is the final frontier. It's the organ we know the least about. And mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a huge amount of progress over the next five years in terms of, in terms of brain health. So yeah. that's an exciting space to be working in for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, and we appreciate you um, taking the time to talk with us and sharing the incredible work you and your team are doing. So uh, lastly, how can our audience learn more and, and connect with Neurovine? Yeah, definitely. You can come in and check us out on our website, neurovine.ai. That's N-E-U-R-O-V-I-N-E dot A-I. We have a product launch coming up. We have also got ongoing um, clinical trials. If your brain's healthy, if you're concussed, we would love for you to support the work that we're doing. There's opportunity for both healthy and concussed brains. So (laughs) come check us out and support the work that we're doing. Oh, I love it. Very inclusive. Um, Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Dr. Kennedy. and, And thank you to everyone listening. If you're not already a subscriber, please make sure to check out medicalalleypodcast.org or wherever you regularly listen to podcasts to catch conversations like this with leaders who are transforming the future of healthcare. Thank you.